Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Podcast. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hi. Oh, it's a bit grey out there. Cold. <laughs> bit, bit of overcast, yeah. But it's it's British weather for you, isn't it? Mm. That is true. Yeah. Our summers are that the rain gets warmer. <laughs> if I want. If I want. Yeah. All right. News, I guess. That's how we normally yeah. kick these things off. Tons of the stuff. Typical. Uh, where should we start? Okay, so there was a big release this, this week, wasn't there? Was there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Quite, quite, quite at least. Something punk. Yeah. Cyber? Yes. Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk. Yes. Finally got released. And let's just say it wasn't the smoothest of launches. Yeah, uh, I think that's an un- the understatement yeah. of the century. Have I actually followed the shenanigans, oh, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, I've been keeping up with what's going on. I've seen all on. the news on yeah. Twitter. It's, uh, hmm. it's, Listen, it's, it's not so- the worst launch of a game that I've ever seen, but it's, it's so- there. somewhere there. <laughs> yeah. So I think this really kicked off when... So it released this past Thursday, didn't it? And mm-hmm. the review embargo was lifted last Monday. And obviously, reviewers got to show what was there. Well, actually, they didn't. They had to show only what had been given to them by CD Projekt Red. They weren't allowed to show it, but they they could describe what the issues were. So they were mentioning it was played well, it was good, but it had a lot of bugs. Now, Mm. the issue along with this was the fact that it turned out that it was only PC review copies that had been sent out, not console. Not console, yeah. I think that's... um... So Big problem that there. raised concerns. And then Just obviously launch day came round and it was madness, basically, on the social media and everywhere. Uh, frame rate issues, texture yeah. popping in and out. Especially with the base um, PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah, there was mm. horrendous. I think the big issue were, well, obviously the bugs that can be rectified, but it was mainly the frame rate issues and that kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was one of the large concerns. Yeah, yeah. If on the base game, uh, on the base PS4. Now, to be honest, it should have been canned. I, I can't see how they could have shipped them in that sort of state. That state. Well, <laughs> it's, it's quite what boring. we're seeing gaming quite frequently now, where you've got your 25 to 40 gigabyte day one patch. But I think <laughs> they were trying to rush it out that quickly that they didn't even have time to do the patch. Um yeah. Yeah, they've brought out Hotfix 1.04 now, which includes fixes for quests, gameplay, visual errors, stability. So it was Um, like a 70 gig extra patch on top of the day one patch, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that fixes a lot of the minor issues, but there's still issues there. Yeah. Those those base consoles, you're never going to get right, I don't think. I think they're done for. Yeah. Well, at this stage, how old are they? Seven years old? But as we previously mentioned... As we previously mentioned, there was um, nine versions of the game that they were testing. Mm. So obviously that's... But it's like, if they canned the... I'm going to say current gen, even though it's technically past gen. Yeah. I'm going to say, until I get a next-gen console, that's what I'm calling it. So yep. PS4, Xbox One, they, they should have been got rid of, just kind of. Because that would have been four versions, four versions they didn't have to optimise. Yeah. They would have just got rid of it, and they could have concentrated on, on those. I've not seen anything in regards to the stadia. 
because they did no. come out for that. I've not seen uh, any. I don't think I've seen any footage or anyone men- even mentioned the stadium version. Has anybody even got it? I don't, is it even out? Well, or was that, or was that <laughs> great? I don't know. Saying that, though, no, the Stadia uses cloud computing, so you've got to think that'll be a bit more powerful than the base console. So if anyone does have it on Stadia, then they'll probably experience a lot less of the errors that people have been getting on consoles. Mm. Mm. I've read something quickly about the version that it does run fine it'll be just like the pc version won't it really mm-hmm. or at least i'd have thought it'd be closer to the pc version than the, the base console ones but yeah no but the uh, the next gen consoles do have shown to be an improvement but obviously it's still got the, the weird bugs in it but they'll get patched yeah. over time but uh, i know the ps5 version runs at a steady 60 frames per second so mm. Uh, I watched the whole, I don't know if you watched them, but Digital Founder did a big, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. study of basically the all platforms. As they normally do. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to come out, in terms of frame rate, that was the best version of PS5. Yeah. But if you wanted, if you were satisfied with the 30 frames and you wanted the best visuals, they suggested the Series X version. With, because they have quality and performance mode. Mm-hmm. Can't which one yeah, there's some that the PS5 doesn't have for some reason. They don't have like a performance mod. Mm. Strange. PS5, it didn't look good. Yeah, I think um, what this highlights for you, Mark, is that you made the right call not getting it on PS4 and waiting for PS5. Well, you say that. I have actually played Cyberpunk 2077. <gasps> I'm shocked. Oh. Mm. After all this time, give in? have you? Did you give in? Well, I played. Uh, well, well, I, I, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> so I, I started by. So I chose the nomad path. So this is one where you start on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, I didn't experience any problems myself. It looked fine. It was running well, but I could see it could be improved in terms of its graphical quality and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So basically, I've got to the point where I've got into the city now, but I've not got into something like a, a mission where you go into it and shoot some bad guys. But I've not actually gone into the open world myself. It's it, You have to do a few missions before you get to that. I imagine. Yeah. It's it looks like still I'm in like, the linear side of it. Yeah, yeah. It looks like I'm in the part where I'm about to do that. Mm-hmm. But I am now going to stop playing. I am, I'm not going to carry on. So that's okay. Because... Well, as I say, I, I didn't really experience any problems, but I've seen, you know, seen too playing, much. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been playing it on the PS4 Pro, mm. and as I say, that frame rate was fine for me, no issues there. It still looked nice, but the internet says there's problems on it. I'm not going to risk it. Carry on. I'm just going to wait because when it gets into the open world and you get like cars, pedestrians, etc., all over the place, it could. Yeah, destroy it. Yeah, basically. You don't want to sully your experience either. It's yeah. like so, I think you'd rather play like the first bit now and then save the best experience for later. Yeah, I'm glad I got a, a taste of it. So yeah, that was about three hours played. Mm. Uh, but then that, that's it. I'm stop. I'm stopping now. Well, but there's, well, there's also other thing, other problems it's caused as well in the game because um, there was the. Did you hear about the epilepsy thing? Oh, I've mm. not heard about yeah. that. No, I've heard about it. It was massive. So it's like moments where you know these. This brain dance thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you like recreate the 
memories and that kind of thing. Well, it kind of does like this flashy, I don't, I don't know, this visual thing, but basically it, it can trigger epilepsy in people. So that's caused an issue and somebody put a, like, somebody like, you know, made note of this on the, like Reddit and things like that and just mm. to highlight this problem. And then people started sending them trigger, uh, videos. Oh, that yeah, epilepsy. yeah. It's that like, was it's just oh, a bit stupid, though. That was just ridiculous. Because there are some people who are defending this to the, to the whole. You, can, you can't really defend all of it. I mean, for something this ambitious, then fair play to CD Projekt Red for going all out and trying to do this, but they tried to do way too much. So yeah, just wait for the next gen people. They'll carry on. Probably have to maybe. wait until six months as well. Maybe <laughs> once all the patches and they've gone and fixed it. Oh, yeah, I, the thing is, I. The, what I played, I did really enjoy. I did like the gameplay and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt that in the end, this will be a great game. But let's just hold on for a bit, shall we? Mm. It's for the best, oh. I feel. <laughs> just, to, just to add to that little um, epilepsy um, story as well, because I was following it on Twitter, because I think the the person who um, reported it and, well, got their absolutely, uh, epilepsy... I've said it wrong already. Uh yeah, they got triggered by the game when they were doing their review of it. Um, they made this aware to CD Projekt Red, and I think it was a, another organization that's specialized in that, like a charity thing. And um, both CD Projekt Red and this charity kind of worked together to see what they could do to change stuff. And in that new patch that got released, they have reduced the, I suppose, the lighting effects that happen in that brain dance thing. So it should yeah. be. It should be safe for people now, um, so it shouldn't trigger it, which is which is good. Good on at least for CD Projekt Red for them to act on that as fast as they did, because mm. obviously if yeah. they stand lingered any longer, that would uh, that well, it'd stop quite a good amount of gamers from actually going any further in the game. But it's a bit almost it's a bit dying. It's a bit odd that word noted noticed earlier. Though, yeah, you you think something. I think it depends how big the test pool was and if any of them had epilepsy, for example. If not, then it, I think it could have been an easy miss. Uh, I, I saw a particular bug on uh, on Reddit where basically some guy was created. So you have this in-depth creator character at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah. and a glitch where the guy's slung basically just hung out of their trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that. That was funny. Yeah, as <laughs> like throng, like oh, to wrap it around his leg. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did notice some weird animation decisions in the game. Have you seen the one where, where he goes to bed where he sleeps? No. That's quite odd. So basically, like, so the game's played from a first-person view, isn't it? So mm-hmm. imagine you're looking straight ahead. Now he lies on his bed, so he puts his hands like that. And if you're lying on a bed, you'd be imagine you'd be like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, it's not. The camera stays like that. <laughs> it's like sleeping like, like his neck. And <laughs> he's in such a position that it looks like he's actually hanging off the bed. If his body was there, it's, it's so bizarre. There's another bit where, just before where I stopped playing, your mate, who you who you with, Jackie, Jackie, he's driving you back to your hotel. Mm. And you, but he pulls into like the underground car park. And he's turning throughout all these pillars and yet on the steering wheel is literally just going <laughs> yeah and, and yeah he's doing oh, like he 90 turns. degree turns 
<laughs> well, sensitive like, um, steering wheels in yeah, 2077. It's got real potential, but it's got big issues at the moment. <laughs> Come on, CG Project Red. Come on. I, I saw, I just saw one. This is probably not a bug. This is pretty much maybe just like a happenstance of the open world. A feature, yeah. Uh, but I think he's he's in a mission where he's like he's in the back of a car with someone. He's like talking to this person. It's like what their mission is going to be and whatnot. And then like uh, so the characters kind of got to stay looking forward. And as they're kind of talking, there's this guy just crossing crossing the road. And like as the car comes along, he just like runs him over. <laughs> it's just like I've probably seen that in many Assassin's Creeds, Far Cries. There's <laughs> been some questions. There has been some questions in terms of the AI as well. It's like if you just start shooting, apparently everyone just starts crouching and like, <laughs> like all, oh. in un- all in unison. <laughs> no, that that reminds me of some. Um, I don't know where it is in the game, but the the character came up across like a, a disabled person in a wheelchair, and like it punched him, and the guy kind of like stood up in the wheelchair and like legged it. <laughs> like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> You've been healed, my child. <laughs> yeah, I punished you. Now you're just gonna run off. It's like, all right, benefit cheat. That's all. Yeah. Free free wheelchair for someone if they want it. That's brilliant. And then there's, there's been ones where if you just stand in the middle of the road, the cars won't have. No, the cars won't have any sort of AI to like decide to go around you. They'll just stay there. Oh, I've seen I've seen someone going across like a crossing thing and just get absolutely pelted by a car. Oh, just like Spider Man then. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. one of those is where there's an NPC just standing around, like looking at the phone or whatever. And you go up, have a look at it, and then they turned round and went like a few meters away. Turned back round oh. and went back to that same place, mm. and it was a different person stood there. It wasn't <laughs> the same character. So it was just, it, so it was the same like. Movement and all that, it was just a different mm. model. Oh. It seems to be a popular one as well. Where if you're, you're having like food with Jackie or something, and like he's eating with the oh, chopsticks. chopsticks, and then like another pair of chopsticks just flowing in front of him. Like, yeah, right? oh, and, and then the road signs. Have you seen the road signs? No, I've not seen the road signs. So, like, you know, over like the, the freeway, there's like mm. you know, signs of it. They oh, yeah. literally, literally say like debug. And things like that, <laughs> and then you have to. It has to wait about like ten seconds, and then it pops up with the actual, you know, sign with the location. Like, That's just, just insane. I just right. I bet me just wants to buy the game now and play it on the base PS4 <laughs> just so I can experience all this. It sounds oh, amazing. No, don't, don't. Honestly, graphically, it looks terrible. Well, not terrible, but like, no, it's not what it could it, It's not what it can be on a PC. Hmm. It's a real shame, though, isn't it? It's just. Well, they've had years to develop this. I don't so you just thought they'd have been like, able to iron all these issues out. But... Well, this is what I say. I, I think if they canned this previous generation, though, I think it could, have, it, could, it could have launched in a great state, I think. But they I would think, have lost a lot of sales if they did that, though. I think that's... Uh, you got f- that's true. Or they could have just delayed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Another well, delay. It would, have, it would have given people... Well... I was just going to say, it would have given people more of an incentive to get a PS5, but they can't get one anyway, so, right now. Yeah. More Actually, fuel- that, that might not have been bad. If, if they delayed the current-gen versions and just let the PC version release. Because, like, I mean... one. What, what, PC version. No, thank you. 
Well, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the stats, we don't, stats they don't need here, any though, more. <laughs> I mean, I look at the stats here that like Cyberpunk 2077 became the fastest selling PC game of all time on in its first day. It sold like 4.72 million copies, and apparently, according to that, that's actually 59% of all total pre-orders. Yeah, I was going to say, I think total pre-orders is about 8 million. Yeah. yeah. But, like, a lot more people bought on PC, and it's, like, the biggest selling game on PC since, I think it was maybe, maybe World of Warcraft Shadow, Shadow Falls. Good bro. And that was, that was like, 3.8 or something. So, like, a whole million more just for Cyberpunk. Well, let's just remember, Witcher 3 didn't launch in a great state, are they? So, yeah, true. Fix that up. True. So that was also a very ambitious game. I've got faith in CD Projekt Red, but... Let's just wait up. Yep. Anyway, I don't know if there's anything more to say about that. Nah. Should we move on to another game which didn't receive the best things from the internet? Go on then, Halo let's... Infinite. I knew where you were going. <laughs> so, I don't know if you saw this, but Halo Infinite, they, um, that's 343, they mm-hmm. gave a big in-depth like interview with some of their developers. Which is, mm. It was actually quite a fascinating piece. It's uh, quite long. So I took some excerpts on it mm. so basically they tried to give reasons as to why that tech that demo thing was a bit well, Craig. Scratch, really. mm. we'll get on to Craig <laughs> uh, but they did announce that it was going to start it was going to ship in the fall next year I saw that yeah I saw that it was autumn 2021 so so this basically this is I'm just going to read some interesting bits which are probably the most important bits <laughs> uh, so this is from someone in the art and graphics team, and they said, uh, July was indeed a very much uh, work-in-progress slice of the technology, and a reasonable set of key features from global illumination and dynamic time of day to GPU-driven rendering and variable rate, rate shading were all in active development. Much of the graphics team's capacity, along with that of some key technical artists, was focused on achieving high resolution and performance leading up to the demo, which meant several mm. of these features didn't quite get the level of polish and bug fixing that was warranted. So that was the explanation why okay. it looked a bit naff. And you mentioned Craig. So Craig. <laughs> uh, so everyone went on to say, firstly, I can confirm that the facial animation on NPCs was not fully implemented in that build, which mm. resulted in Craig's incredibly deadpan, lifeless look. All characters... <laughs> yeah. modeled- Put it in this DLC. Sorry. All characters are modelled in a neutral pose prior to blend shapes and animation being applied. So mm. poor old Craig was never intended to be seen in that condition, which is not something that was evident during the game. It was only later, in the close-up freeze frame of this one bad moment, where it came to light and the legend of Craig was born. There's <laughs> <laughs> a nice little story around him, to be fair. like I, I do like that they've, kind of, they've come out and well, he's become a essentially leader. held the hands of, kind of like this, you know, certain things wasn't ready... Um, at the time of when we were gonna, when we were showing this demo, like mm. whether everything would have looked so much better if if they did keep the original release date or not, if they had that time to be able to polish up or not. It sounds like they didn't, which is why it was delayed. Mm. But a whole year. Whew. Well, that's it. Like fall's gonna be another nine months or so, isn't it? So. Mm. And then they had a chat with the live and customization team. It says. After we see Halo Infinite launch, we'll shift a bit more to monitoring the state of the game and ensuring that we react appropriately. Not only is this working with our friends on the community, but with analytics, 
ongoing work with user research, etc. To ensure that the team knows what's working and what's not. This means mm. that we will have a direct partnership with you, the players, that we'll use to improve the game experience together over the lifetime of the game. So that mm. screams live service to me. Well, mm. it's a free-to-play yeah. multiplayer, so... Then they went on to give... They announced they had some fundamental pr- principles that they were trying to apply to the game. Mm. So the first one was, healthy engagement is paramount. We want everyone to play the game in a healthy manner that they enjoy. We're not trying to build a grind machine that burns everyone out in the attempt to get more game time from. Halo Infinite needs to be a place where we all look forward to spending time. And they go on, Me, we maintain a player-first focus. Think of all the games that we played that have random rewards. Ask people to play a way they hate just for a new shiny or weaponized feel of missing out against the player. There will mm. be limited time events, but we don't want to turn free time into a chore. We're not all about that. Everyone should enjoy their time in Halo Infinite. Positive stuff? Yeah, nice words, nice words. Finding this sounding very like MMO-esque mm. with the mm. uh, live events. You know, we got like GTA and I suppose Red Dead has got and Destiny. Unambiguous value. If someone invests their time or money in the game, they should understand what they're getting and that it will be worth more than the investment. Examples of this in practice include no loot boxes, either through engagement or any premium route. And we're not selling power or giving an unfair advantage in game via any route. Good. Damn it, I need an advantage. Always be listening, learning and experimenting. The live team is all about growth and iteration. We build and support some fun content, but there will be times when things don't go as planned or where something we tried didn't land well. There will always be times when we believe believe in ideas and want to give them a chance in the wild, and we ask that you be understanding as we try them out. These will be moments for us to learn and grow. It will require close partnership with our players where we can talk about what happened and what we were trying to do and be transparent in our plans to move ahead as much as we can. Yeah. I'm all from trying new things because far too often nowadays people try to be a bit too safe and it's nice to see that they might try things that they might not necessarily have in the past um, to push the envelope a bit. Provide value. Combined with our engagement pillar, we want to be clear about how to earn rewards. Most of all, we want to bring the best set of cosmetic only rewards to Halo. We want great looking assets and ways to show that Spartan off. We want players to get close to their Spartan and spend time swapping parts and pieces. It has been said before, and it's important to restate, no loot boxes, no randomness in rewards. Good. And finally, allow player expression. We want everyone to build their dream Spartan. We are always looking for more ways to customise in-game personas and give the players options. My team knows that our long-term players have favourites that they love and may have for two decades. We want to make sure that Halo Infinite players will be able to get their old favourites as well as find new favourites at launch and as we expand over the months post-launch. This all sounds very positive, I have to say. It does, definitely, yeah. No, good, yeah. I'd, I'd encourage you to go and read this, dear viewers, listeners, whatever. It's, it's a long blog post, but to be fair to them, because they, you know, obviously after the catastrophe, that was that technical demo, mm. um, they did say they were going to be trying to be more t- transparent and if you go and read this, this is this is one of the best. Well, it's about transparent. As transparent yeah, as a... this is one of the most transparent pieces I've ever seen from any game developer. Mm. So fair play to them. So, mm. well, 
So hopefully that'll, you know, they'll get better. Yeah. I mean, it seems to echo what Microsoft and Xbox have done over the last few months, like kind of like giving into the meme and being a little bit more transparent with um, the mistakes that they've made and with issues that people have brought. So I think it's it's definitely all positives. It all sounds great. Um, well, I've not got anything bad to say about it. <laughs> all did sounds the, really good. Did the, uh, did the blog also show off a couple of a new screenshots of their multiplayer modes that they've got. I don't remember saying anything. I might just not be looking. I might just be concentrating on reading it. Ah, right. Um, yeah, so there oh, were there were a couple, couple of just, screenshots no, to, did, to show off as well. Um, it, I mean, from what I've seen, it does look a lot better than what it was uh, in July. So, uh, fingers crossed. It'll, it'll look... They'll look and play as good as what they, what they are making it sound out to be, so... I mean, I can't wait for the, the I suppose, the, the new trailer that comes out that they, they'll finally show off. Hmm. Hopefully it's uh, it's everything that Halo fans want. Moving on. Uh, Google announced their most searched terms this past year. Yeah, okay. Oh. No, not. Right, so, so one of the categories was where to buy dot, dot, dot. So this is like the top 10 questions that began with that. And they were either... COVID-19 related, unsurprisingly. Mm. Where or... to buy COVID-19? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, or gaming related. Mm-hmm. Well, apart from one, yeah, fine, one, one was a bit random. So I'll just go for 10 to 1. Uh, so it's where to buy N95 mask, where to buy Clorox wipes, where to buy Lysol spray. Number seven was where to buy Nintendo Switch. Yeah, they were big, definitely early on in covid um, oh, there was a bit yeah. of a shortage at that point in like um, between March and I'd say May time. They were a bit like gold dust. Well, it'd be because and the prices went up because of that. Yeah. Number six is where to buy juicy jelly candy. That's the odd one out. That's what we all want. <laughs> yep. I'm intrigued. Now. <laughs> uh, five, where to buy hand sanitizer. Number four, where to buy Xbox Series X. Mm. Okay. That's Just fairly surprising. Cool. I thought PS5 would have been. Oh wait a minute. We're going from so, 10 downwards, aren't we? Yeah. So, number three, where to buy face masks. Number two, where to buy toilet paper. And number one... Where to buy PS5. PS5. Mm. That was the most searched. I really would not have thought that would be the most searched. Mm. Interesting that Series S doesn't appear on the list. So nobody cares about the Series no, S. Nobody wants the baby version. It's all about the, the full-fat milk version. But then there was also the top uh, the top 10 searched games of the year. Now this is taken from the the uh, the American trends because they had more things on there compared to like the global ones. But I might, I'm fairly sure this is like similar to the rest of the world. So the top ten most searched games, uh, number ten was Jackbox. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm guessing that's because of you know family. Kind of yeah, thing. it's all like family fun little mini games and stuff. It's actually quite good. I would play a couple of them. Nine was Madden NFL 21. Yeah. That'd be largely American audience. Eight, The Last of Us Two. Wow. Yeah. I can see that. I seven. Can, I would have thought I'd be high. Seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Six. Yeah. Six, Animal Crossing. I thought I'd be high. Five, Ghost of Tsushima. Four, Genshin Impact. Three, Valorant. Two, Four Guys Ultimate Knockout. And what do you think was number one? Among Us. Correct. I was thinking about it. Was, yeah. Mm. 
I was surprised Cyberpunk did appear on that. Hmm. When did the, the figures get published? Mm. Uh, about a week ago, something like that. All oh, right, so it might have been just outside, oh. potentially. I think a lot of people would have been talking about it before, but, but anyway, there you are. True. I think that's just like this family games in there, isn't there? You know, Among Us, mm. all guys, I think. Or pretty much driven by... Well, Kill. I think the streaming as well, though. Like, yeah. those are the top streamed games. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I... I can imagine why Cyberpunk in there because it's literally only just come out. Yeah. Um, speaking of streaming, did anybody hear about the six-year-old streamer that got banned by Activision? <laughs> well, no, he's a Call of Duty like professional. Yeah, he's a six-year-old um, playing six-year-old. an eighteen-year-plus game. Well, that's it. Like, so basically, he got banned from playing Warzone. Um, so an Activision. Oh, it was when in the tournament. It was a tournament way that he got banned from or something like that. He got banned midstream, but he got banned for Call of Duty oh, no. World Warzone. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, in Activision's terms of service, it says that you can play an 18-rated game with pa- a parental guardian present, but to sign up for um, and actually create an account, you need to be at least 13 years old. So he, he basically, because of that, he went against the terms of service, and they uh, banned him. So this streamer, um, Rowdy Rogan, um, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> seen him play. I don't Honestly, know, but I'm sure I, he's probably better than me. I've watched I this Rowdy night, well. and I'm like, this six-year-old is better than anything that I'll ever be good at. Like, I'm, I'm sure he's good. <laughs> it's, it was insane, like, looking at him, like, sniping people, like, like let's just say, he's, he's up here, Aimbox, and I'm yeah. down Aimbox. here, bazookering myself against a building. <laughs> Um, it was a good effort, to be fair. But yeah, I mean, the general consensus of gamers is they've backed Activision on this one. Because I think it's six years old. Mm. Where's that other competitors just like, you know, worried that they What, a seven? Well, yeah, yeah. No, him keep them out, keep them out, yeah. keep them out. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's too good for us. I've, I've got a link, so I'll send it you. You can have a little look after, just so we can see how good he is. But yeah, just how fast he like flows through a map and stuff, and he's, he's just so aware like when I was six, I was just swinging around, like running around outside, I'd butting walls and things. But this guy's sniping people out of the air. Like, just, yeah. It's just, that's a kid born in 992 versus a kid born in 2014. It's incredible. So, yeah. They, yeah, so they revealed their lifetime figures for different games. Sega. So, so, yeah, Sega. So, the lifetime sales figures in their annual investors report. So, Persona. Since 1996, has sold 13.1 million copies of their different games. Mm-hmm. Football Manager, since 2004, is 22 million sold. See that? Yakuza, 14 million. Mm. Yeah. Since 1991, how many copies do you think Sonic has sold? 82 million. No. Nope. I feel like it's... For some reason, I feel like that, that it'd be lower than that. I don't know. Because like Sonic's popularity has really like kind of gone downhill since the Dreamcast. Yeah, but it's since 1991 since they bought the this first is Sonic out. I know, but around uh, I don't know, 120 million then. 1.14 billion. Bloody Christ. hell! <laughs> That's quite. <laughs> People love their Sonic. Wow. Mm. I've been made out as a fake Sonic fan now. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you're there with your cup. You don't know anything, oh, man. Oh, I don't know anything about Jesus, one point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
And total war since 2000 was 34.4 million. But yeah, Sonic wrecking the joint. Mm, definitely. Um, speaking of uh, Yakuza, um, the Yakuza Remastered Collection and Yakuza 6 are going to be coming out on PC. Um, so the first Yakuza games, so, well, the Yakuza Remastered Collection, which includes 3, 4, 5, um, will release on PC on the 28th of January. Um, and then Yakuza 6 is going to be out on the 25th of March. So if you've got a PC and um, you want to get into the Yakuza games, I've heard they're really good. And then yeah. you will be able to play them shortly. So that's good. Due to the market acquisition of Bethesda, um, Skyrim's going to be coming to Game Pass on the 15th of December. Um, the day that this podcast releases. So um, it might be a bit too late if you're going to buy it in the next couple of days. I was going to mention this a bit later on uh, when we come to talking about the Game Awards. But they they had this trailer in the Game Awards, didn't they? Where they were just announcing the games that were coming up on Game Pass. And the first thing that came up was Skyrim. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. They're actually doing it, aren't they? This is the the next gen (laughs) Skyrim, isn't it? (laughs) They're going to do it. But then it went into Pass. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, to so just doing everybody dirty. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, it's just another way you can get Skyrim for the millionth time. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Well, uh, just to, just to, just to spin off a little bit from from what Mark previously mentioned about Sega, uh, Netflix, they're mm-hmm. uh, they're going a bit crazy with their uh, their game ad- adaptations uh, that they're making. Uh, and so the new one that they're going to be doing is a 3D Sonic the Hedgehog animation series, which, uh, well, according to this, is going to be released in 2022, so a, a little later on than some of the other adaptations that they've got in the uh, in the pipeline. But Netflix just is suddenly becoming the video game adaptation people yeah. now. It's I mean, it's... money on these video game adaptations now, aren't they? Oh, yeah, de- definitely. I think because of COVID, everyone's playing video games, so they thought... Well, that's it. Now they're capitalising yeah, on the yeah. show side of it. So if we do all things with video game related, they'll draw them to Netflix. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a little bit of a big risk, though, isn't it? Because, like, previously, like, I'd say before... I don't want to say, like, the Resident Evil film series... Um, because I still think they're not that good, but they did make a bit of a... Bit of a it's fine. It was good, a bit of a leap amount. in terms yeah. of video game um, movies. Mm. It didn't quite follow what, what like the whole series, but, I mean, it did make a hell of a lot of money. So, um, you know, normally we've always seen kind of video game adaptations has been quite, you know, risque. You know, we've seen Prince of Persia do that well. Uh, Mario... Um, I will argue that Street Fighter is a brilliant... So when you say risque, risque or risque? Risque. Two different things. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But like, you know, it's, like I said, it was a bit of a risk because of the reputations that they had. Um, But I think like stuff like, you know, The Witcher, um, even Sonic Hedgehog film, as much as we all kind of feared it was going to be terrible, it actually, I think surprisingly, it was actually a really good film. Uh, I think everyone's just kind of jumping on board now with these uh, game adaptations, especially with Netflix. I mean, what they've got two, three different, no, two different Resident Evil things going on. They've got something to do with Assassin's Creed, which is like 
I think it's going to be an animation and a live action series. Um, it's crazy. Absolutely. Got the Last of Us stuff as well. Last of Us, yeah, can't forget about the Last of Us. And then the Shard film is in post production, I think. Now, I think yeah. they finished filming, didn't they? I mean, as well, maybe you have to look at stuff of did did maybe the MCU potentially help in something like this as well, being able to successfully adapt like a I suppose maybe a niche thing you could say comics were a bit of a niche thing but obviously a lot of people loved them also we had the um the rumored update about the metal gear solid film as well didn't we we did yes oscar isaac not the not the choice i imagined if if it turns out to be true mm. I mean, it's still mm. rumor. it's not official but mm. i really like oscar isaac i think it's great but i, I do i, I thought I, it was I, great in ex machina I, I, I wouldn't have imagined him as Solid Snake. You know, surprise me. I think he's great. So, well, I was, I was reading. Yeah, I was reading into the article. Apparently, like, about a year ago, he like publicly came out and said he'd love to be Solid Snake. Oh, he just it? said well, he, he actually would like to be him. So, oh. yeah, planting that seed. Yeah. yeah, a bit, a bit like uh, Henry Cavall when he was like, "I'd, I'd love to play." Geralt in in the witch and in, in something mm. like yeah well now now he's on the phone now he's doing it yeah that's that well, seems to be how you how you get these roles isn't it just come out and say I want to do it and then you get it <laughs> yeah and then you get the phone call it's that easy the phone call, yeah. just put out there what you want and eventually it'll come to you you don't have to work for it I'm so um, I'm glad this this is well it's rumor isn't it by playing snake but I'm glad it's turned up because it means that it surely that film is in actual process then because it it's, yeah. it's, it's been so long since we really heard anything about it. And it's just like mm. it's, been, it's been on the back burner for so long. So it's suddenly come out and this seemed like a thing. Mm. I still don't know how well the film's going to be because essentially the game itself is a film. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what they could really do. Or are they just going to fall in, you know, piece by piece the same as the game? Was it? Is it still? Um... I imagine it's still under Konami, isn't it? Who's who would be yes. helping yeah. it? But is Kojima still a part of it? I don't know. Mm. The way that Konami treated him, I don't know if he'd put give any input. I think he would. I think he'd give input to the director, maybe like un- unofficially. Mm. Well, if who's going who's going to be producing it? Is it a Sony being saving picture? I'd imagine it would. Well, I know that jo- is it Jordan Vogts Roberts. I probably screwed up his middle name, but he's still like Jordan at the helm of it. Yeah, because yeah. he directed the um, Kong Island, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, he did uh, Kong Island, which I thought was was a, was a good film. Mm. So yeah. I think it's I think right. it's good hands. So. I actually enjoyed the King Kong game. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I, I quite enjoyed it. Easy thousand gamer score as well. No wonder you didn't do it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's why everyone played Avatar because it was an easy one thousand gamer score. Did you see the? Um, so we inevitably always return to the selling of PS5s and that kind of thing. Did mm. you see the um, the gang thefts? Yeah. Is this like raiding well, like not, trucks and well, stuff not, for yeah, PS5s? Well, it's not just PS5s. It's like oh no, PS5. PS5s. Oh, Mm. So this, so people have been, so gangs have been using this stunt called the rollover, 
but basically oh, bird wires, yeah. yeah. So basically, they're boxing the truck as it's traveling down the road. So vehicles surround it, so it can't move anywhere. And then one truck goes up behind it, and somebody hangs out of the sunroof attached to a rope. <laughs> this is furious. Yeah. It lied to me. No, it literally is. <laughs> no, it's what they do. do it. And then, uh, and then they basically they use like a crowbar or whatever or a drill or whatever to open the back door. And then they just climb aboard, and then they just start chucking the stuff out. <laughs> So the people in the cars. Some... If these scalpers are risking their lives, they deserve the grand for the PS5. They don't, but just, just saying. Just, just a bit mental, really. That's yeah. insane. It just keeps rolling on this, like this whole PS5 debacle, is it? About yeah. Trying to get over. Crack to crate open it with just a load of microwaves or something. Look at the feeling that they're going to have to just have an armed guard in the back of the van. Yeah. So that they open the door and it's just got a shotgun pointed at your face. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're gonna have to do. Back you go, sunshine. See you yeah. later. I don't even do so that. I'll just, just, just shine just like that's it. Come. <laughs> it's like being in a video game, isn't it? Yeah. And then the Sounds like PS5. a GTA. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about people selling the pictures to pictures of the PS5 to combat um, bots? Yes, my, my brother was mentioning this to me the other day. Hello, Wade. Uh, so, basically, yeah, so they were selling... It, it said in the description, didn't it? This is a picture. Do yeah. not buy this. And then the description itself, the bit that the bot reads, is pretty much um, spot on with what you'd expect, so it like also yeah. buys it. So, I, wonder, I wonder if that caught any people out. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. He's, he's okay. But I just know there'll be some like genuine people who will like accidentally just bought it anyway. Yeah, some Karen will buy it. I want to speak to the <laughs> eBay manager, please. Well, there was there was that news about oh, like years ago about was it was an Xbox One or Xbox Three Sixty? Someone did that on eBay, and the guy bought boy expecting like obviously the console. And I end up I think getting it was the, the picture. One, yeah, yeah, something like that. He ended up getting the picture, but it went all over the news that like Microsoft actually. Personally, just gave him an Xbox One. Yeah. I suppose it's nice news to, to the end of it, but it's like... Uh, yeah, good bit of PR. Mm. Uh, a little bitty bit of news. Neil Druckmann, he's now become co-president of Naughty Dog, so he's moved from his previous job as vice president. And Batman Arkham Knight has had an update five years after the release. Mm, so this, yeah. So it's added two new two skins to the game. Mm. And it's they are the Zur NR Batman skin and the anime Batman skin. Now these aren't actually new. These are just like things previously linked to your Warner Brother account. But now these this has just been updated so everyone can have them. Which is yeah. nice, I guess. Unexpected. Yeah, definitely. Nice treat for people that still play it. Yeah. Didn't have to do that. It's just a nice little thing, isn't it? Yeah. Have got any other news? Um, yeah, I've got a bit. Um, so I've read. I was reading an article um, about the IQ of gamers depending on the console that they play. Mm. Um, there was some quite interesting information that came out of this. So it was um, some research was carried out by um, Casino Royale Panda, um, and they asked a thousand and one people, and they did like a four point point test. Um, to try and gauge the IQs of um, sets of gamers. And um, out of the console side, um, PlayStation gamers had an average of 110.7 IQ. 
Xbox players at 103.8, so a little bit lower. Um, PC gamers were the highest with 112.3. Um, that's it, that's it. Bigger brain. Um, Nintendo Switch, an average of 101.3. And the lowest, um, mobile gamers with 99.4. Um, they also split it up by male and female gamers. So female gamers at 108.4 and male gamers 102.3. And then there was also some information about the IQ, depending on what kind of games you played and what games people played. So people um, that play strategy games like Rainbow Six Siege, we've, we've all played this, so this is definitely our bracket. They had an average of 120.3. So yeah, in terms of their IQ. And then Among Us, 118.9 angry birds 95.8 silly angry birds players um, and then there was a few others like minecraft 116.3 the sims 103.6 fortnite 103.6 animal crossing 104.8 um, so my but, question my question though is what about if you play them all are you just like super, super yeah you can IQ. you can add them all together so <laughs> get a thousand iq yeah, so I just thought that was interesting um, about how it got broken down. Um, but I play all the consoles, so I could either be very clever or very stupid or somewhere in between. Couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> yeah, no comment. Thanks, guys. <laughs> like that. We've got one other piece of news. Unfortunately, uh, another game has had to... Been delayed due to uh, due to COVID-19 this year. Um, the newest victim appears to be the Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remake. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, um, I was actually kind of looking forward to forward to it because uh, I I loved the first one. I, I thought it was a brilliant game when it when it came out, and really it was kind of like the precursor to all the all the Assassin's Creed games. I think in terms of like the parkour and stuff. Anyway, but it looks it looks as though it got pushed to. 18th of March next year, so only only three months away, but it's uh, just, just another unfortunate thing that's uh, come due to uh, coronavirus this year. Well, it's not the only delay. Grand Turismo 7 got delayed as well. Oh, really? Didn't see so that's this. No, so that's no longer targeting the first half of next year. Mm. There's no release window given. So, ah, right. Mm, interesting. Next year now. Uh, did you hear about the leaked internal presentation of Sony? No, I did not know. So, according to a leaked internal presentation of Sony, uh, <laughs> apparently, single game, single player games are thriving. Uh, so, yeah. in the presentation, it stated that games like GTA 5 and Black Ops have an online component and dominate sales. And then it, it went on to say, everyone knows that single players die. But then, on another slide, it says, uh, it then moves on to say that actually this isn't the case, and most players are playing offline and all. State of single player driving, and then it showed some data to corroborate this. So, mm-hmm. personally, I think that's good. Yeah, definitely. I and love I a really good single player narrative experience. And clearly, Sony are behind this. It's, yeah. let's just say, just about all the exclusives pretty much are single player. Yeah. Expat- well, I mean, if you just look at the yeah. last top of the pod that we did, um, mm. they'll be out in the next couple of days. Um, We've, we've just picked out so many good for single-player narrative-based games um, that PlayStation had done, so they definitely backed the words up there. 
Let's hope it continues. I've got one final piece. So, Sea of Thieves, it's going to start having seasonal progression system from January onwards. So, I'll have a battle class, mm. which will have both free and premium options. Previously, there were like monthly updates, uh, but that's going to stop. Uh, new, update, uh, new content will be added every three months. And it said each new season, there would be a new way to play. And that means I'm not quite sure. Uh, progression will be through 100 levels of pirate renown each season. And the premium tier is called the Plunder Pass, which will offer unique rewards and items. Don't play it, but... but it sounds like you bought it at the right exciting. time, Mark. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm. So, bought it, not played it, but it's there. So I don't know if that's good for players. Um, but I don't know what the updates were like anyway. So. Mm, true. I mean, it'll just... I, I suppose every game that has like a multiplayer... Uh, aspect to it seems to be turned to the uh to like the battle slash season pass way of doing things now i mean it's a better way than having like loot crates and microtransactions i suppose some of them maybe fifa could look into <laughs> things with my problem with this sort of games is that it's it's one thing you to invest so much of your time into these things well the, yeah there is that as well there's uh, all these games with this sort of progression system yeah and it forces you to have to play so much of the game to get the most out of it but then you've got all these different ones buying for your time you know uh, warzone fortnite etc yeah this this goes on and on it's just i just i just can't be bothered with them it's just not my thing give me the simple single single player games please (laughs) yeah a nice 15 20 hour experience you do it you feel good you move on to the next one exactly precisely Okay, so shall we go on to the, uh, the big event that happened this previous week? So it was the Game Awards. Yep, let's do it. Mm. Jeff Keighley was back on stage having the time of his life. And we made predictions. We did. On this. So we'll start with the best game direction one. So predictions was Nath and me went for Last of Us Part 2 and Matt went for Ghost of Tsushima. That was won by the Last of Us Part 2. Yes, that's a point for me. Uh, best narrative. Everyone went for Last of Us Part 2. It was won by Last of Us Part 2, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Best art direction. This was an interesting one. So, Nate, you went for Last of Us. Matt, you went for Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And I went for Hades. But it was won by Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> so, yeah, I went for so we're all wrong. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't end up going for that. But, yeah. So, I can't believe all three of us just went the different ones are still pretty wrong. Uh, best score and music. So... Nathan and I went for The Last of Us. Matt went for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Course so well done oh. there. <laughs> Best audio design. Matt and Nathan went for Last of Us Part Two, and I went for Half-Life Alex for some reason. And it was won by <laughs> Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> I thought it was a bit of a strange one for you, but... Um... Yeah, I, was, I think I was, I, was, I was too focused on the whole VR, so sound might be important in that, but mm. looking back, I thought... Of course, of course, it could be last of us. What was thinking? Anyway. <laughs> uh, best performance. So, Nate, you went for Ashley Johnson, and Matt and I went for Laura Bailey, and it was won by Laura Bailey. Games for impact. Uh, we all just kind of randomly went for Tell Me Why on this one, and it was one word, Tell Me Why. So, yes. a good guess for all. Uh, best ongoing. Uh, Nate, you went for Fortnite, I went for Apex Legends, and Matt, you went for No Man's Sky, and it was No Man's Sky. Yes, sir. 
Best indie game. Ugh. So, Nathan, that you went for Fall Guys, and I went for Hades, and he's won by Hades. I'm really disappointed. Best, <laughs> best mobile game. Nathan, myself, went for Among Us. Matt, you went for Genshin Impact, and it was won by Among Us. Best community sport. We all went for Fall Guys. It was won by Fall Guys. Yep. Uh, best BR slash AR. Matt and I went for Half-Life Alex. Nate, you went for Iron Man BR. It was won by Half-Life Alex. <laughs> Innovation in accessibility. We all went for Last of Us Part 2. It was won by Last of yeah. Us Part 2. Uh, best action. Matt and Nate, you went for Doom Eternal. I went for Hades. It was won by Hades. Uh, best action adventure. Nathan and me went for Last of Us Part 2. Matt, you went for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It was won by Last of Us Part 2. Best role-playing <laughs> game. So we all went for Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was won by Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. Best fighting. We all went for Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Edition. It was won by Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, best family game. Nathan and myself went for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Matt, you went for Four Guys. It was won by Animal Crossing. Best sim strategy. We all went for Microsoft's Flight Simulator. It was won by Microsoft Flight Simulator. Mm. Best sports slash racing. Uh, Matt and I, we went for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 2. Nate, went for FIFA 21 for reasons. <laughs> it, was, it was won by Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 2. Best multiplayer. Now, I think this one threw us all because we yeah. all went for four guys and it ended up being won by Among Us. Uh, best... I mean, I can see it. Again, my argument that it didn't <laughs> yeah, come out this year. Made... Because they even, they even mentioned that in the um, give their speech the award, afterwards. Yeah. When they were speaking in the speech afterwards, they said, oh, two years ago we had this game. I was like, well, why is it in this one then? Well, I say, I actually, yeah. <laughs> from, from the last podcast when I made the initial note pick, I actually looked on Wikipedia about when the mobile game came out. Because you guys were like, oh, maybe the mobile game came out this year. Yeah. The mobile well, game before, came out like a few months yeah. after. So it was two years ago. Hmm. So why is it in this bloody category? <laughs> well, Hades came out a couple of years ago as well, didn't it? That is the argument, but it was early access. Its full release, I think, was this year. So you could argue that technically its full, complete game um, was this year. Did you actually watch the um, the presentation of the awards? I didn't. No. I was asleep by the time that started. Yeah. I watched it back. Ago. This is funny because Jeff Keighley had a slip of the tongue and he ended up calling it Among Us. Among Us. Oh, no, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I watched... Um, <laughs> I watched like the highlights from uh, this, this Twitch streamer who was watching it, and I, I caught that. It was like Among Us. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we? Uh, best debut game. So Matt and I went for Phas- Phasmophobia, and Nate went for Mortal Shell. He was won by Phasmophobia. Uh, content creator of the year. Uh, me and Matt went for a lot of PS. Nate went for Tim the Tatman, <laughs> but he was won by Valkyrie. <laughs> most right. anticipated game now this one surprised us all because we all went for the God of War sequel and it was won by Elden Ring oh wow actually you know what when when I saw who, who won it I was kind of like actually that doesn't surprise me because it is from software, from software. <laughs> and the final one the big one game of the year we all went for, all went for <laughs> part 2 and of course it was won by last was part 2 yeah. so this leads us on to who predicted the most? I think it's you, isn't it, Mark? So I'll do with. I'll, I'll start Just in go from third. I came so last. In, so in third, it's Nathan. Yeah. You put it 13. 13? Which is 13 out of 
I think it's 26. Oh, it's 26. There's the one. I think so. Yeah, 50%. 50%. It's not bad. Second is Yuma. Yeah. And then I was the winner with 18. I think that's well. Could be much worse, I think, for all of us. I think I was defined that Among Us shouldn't have been there. So. Yeah, <laughs> you took the moral victory. I took the moral victory. Yeah. It wasn't, didn't come out properly <laughs> until two years ago. So it should have been then. I'll be honest, when I first did my picks, I only picked games that I played. Mm, that's you... pretty much all of... Oh, that, that explains why you chose everything for Last of Us, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think I, I think some of our picks I was I was probably just trying to like be defined against Last of Us a little bit like it shouldn't win everything like why should it win? <laughs> yeah, it should. Eventually. It's an amazing game. Because in terms of how many each one won, so Last of Us I think came out with seven wins. Mm. Second I think was Among Us with two. Blooming so egg. That's quite that's quite a draw. Isn't that it? is insane. That yeah. Uh, Actually I, no, Final uh, Fantasy no, got two. Yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy got two. Oh, guys, get two. Did Hades one. get two as well? No, Hades got two, yeah, in the yeah. game and uh, action game. Yeah. yeah, Final Fantasy, Hades, Among Us, they all got two. Mm. All guys only got one. Oh, the community one. That's the best community sport. Everyone else got one, then I don't think anyone else got two. Yeah, everyone else got one, yeah. So there's a clear, obvious big winner there. Let's see what comes up next year, then. Yeah. Do you, you think Cyberpunk will end up getting nominated? If he's been patched up and all that. Yeah, definitely. If they book their ideas up, I think it might be up there. It'll be up there. Uh, I think it just depends on what else comes out next year. Because, I mean, I mean, for me, I'm hoping Resident Evil Village is is going to be brilliant. Um, if it's anything like Seven Remake Two, uh, I think I think it could it's could be a surprise. Yeah, we've got Halo Infinite, Horizon, uh, Halo War Two. Oh no, God of War 2 won't win anything if it's not the most anticipated game. <laughs> well, it depends how good it is when it comes out. True. I'm sure it'll be bright. Elden Ring. Well, Cyberpunk if Elden Ring comes out. I highly ante- anticipated, but. <laughs> so that's a contender, so you never know. I think I think for Cyberpunk, I could I could see it get like maybe art direction, because like it's graphically it's a brilliant looking game once you've got a powerful PC enough to run for it. I don't know. Story, maybe? Could be an argument. Probably won't get best community support, though. No. Maybe 343 might win that one. Yeah, maybe next year, maybe. maybe. I can't really be talking about this one. <laughs> A long wait. There is. Uh, I suppose those were the awards. Do we do we want to talk about all the announcements that came out during the awards? Go ahead. I didn't make note of them, but I'm sure you can refresh my memory. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. I mean, there was a lot of things that that was announced. I don't think I've even read all myself because I've not actually watched all of them, unfortunately. So probably one of the biggest things that got announced um is a new Perfect Dark game. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be developed that by the initiative. Good. That looks good. That does look good. I mean, the first Perfect Dark game um was brilliant. I mean, they they were made by Rare. Um. Mm. You know, guys who made GoldenEye 007, literally, before then. Um, and, I mean, it was treated as, like, a spiritual successor. And apparently it was brilliant, um, Perfect Dark. Then there was um, and there was Perfect Dark Zero, which was a launch title for Xbox 360. And I don't think that was received as well, unfortunately. Um, 
but you know, fingers crossed with uh, with this new one, they can do some some pretty good with. Um, along with that, the Bioware decided to come out and throw two teasers um, themselves. One for one for Dragon Age. Um, we don't know if this is Dragon Age Four. Uh, it didn't say four. It literally just said Dragon Age. Um, but I suppose for fans of uh, Dragon Age, you've got something to look forward to. Um, I never really got into that series. Um, kind of wish I did, but got, got, uh, Inquisition. Inquisition. Yeah, Inquisition. Yeah. So got that was the third one. I heard it was better than the second one. Apparently, the second one was a bit of a disappointment, but. We'll put that away. And then the other teaser they decided to throw us was for a new Mass Effect. Mm, that looked interesting. Interesting enough from what they showed off, it looks like they're going back to the Milky Way galaxy, potentially something leading off from the actual third game, um, something that Andromeda didn't do. And I think it, it I think it had the character, is it Leara? She was in it, well, which is quite interesting. I can't remember what her speech was. I don't know if it, I don't know if it actually was the other, but it might be the same. It's the same species. I think it was her. That it was her because apparently this species can live up to like a thousand years. So. It could. It could well be. It could have been her. Could have been. Um, if, hey, if that ends up having some of the original characters. Oh, that'd be nice. It'd be nice to like continue that story, see so yeah, where I actually left off, which ending they'll go with, and which color. So. Uh, <laughs> Slide dig at Mass Effect. Let's um, <laughs> get the end of that announcement. It, it said Mass Effect will continue. I thought that was the way they presented that. I thought it was like the, the subtitle of the game. <laughs> yeah, Mass, Mass Effect, Effect will continue. continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that bit. Maybe that's that's the hint yeah. then that it's following off the original trilogy. Did you see the whole game? Oh, the Callisto Protocol. Yeah, it's. Uh, not, I'm not playing that. But not playing that. <laughs> it looked interesting. It looks very dead space. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is funny enough, apparently the same executive producer that worked on the f- series is on this game as well, so that's probably where they're... There you go, <laughs> Yeah, that's probably where it's coming from. Some I actually uh, like the look of um, was Back for Blood. Ah, uh, yes. The Left of Dead character. Yeah, sort of the... I suppose you could say a spiritual successor to Left Left for Dead. Um, it's been made by most of the same team that did Left for Dead, so you can see where the comparisons coming in. But I I absolutely adored the Left for Dead series. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, Such a fun game that one. Really fun. Good if you've got three of them mates to uh, have a laugh about and uh, have an argue on who's going to take out the tank and why this smoke keeps on pulling me away and why is no one helping. <laughs> <laughs> Should be good fun. Looks good. Something that piqued my interest, but then almost kind of killed it as soon as it announced the title. Um, is this? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the same feeling I had. The arc. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so arc, arc two, uh, the arc sequel two. to Arc Things Survival Evolved, I think it's called. I had a bit of a cinematic trailer that starred Vin Diesel. And yeah. initially, oh, is this I was the like, game that everybody thought was going to be another Torok game? Something like that, yeah. For a rock or a prehistoric Fast and Furious. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Fast Ride or die. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just there riding on a Velociraptor. Yeah. Just driving T-Rexes around the racetrack. Um, 
I mean, it was it was intriguing at first because it's like, oh, Vin Diesel's in this, and then, you know, we got dinosaurs. That looks kind of cool. Um, some of the choreography, fine choreography in the, and it looked a bit stiff. Yeah, it did it. And then it came out just saying Arc Two. I was like, oh, okay. Um, was, was the first one even that successful? I didn't think. Well, clearly, I think. I mean, it, when it initially came out, it was like. The game of you know the the game of what am I trying to say? The flavor of the month, should we say? Mm. Uh, you know, is uh, is built in a style of the you know sandbox survival games where you can you know find materials, get tools, build your stuff, um, you know, kill dinosaurs for materials as well that you need or food. Um, I mean, when I initially played it, I thought it was it was it was good fun. But it, I find those games only have like so much of a life span to them until they get kind of a bit stale. You're kind of doing the same things um, over and over. Uh, but I mean, it looks as though they're going with with like a maybe a single single player campaign direction with it. Could be interesting. I don't know. Um, have to wait and see on that one. See, see a little bit more like the actual gameplay and what mm. what the game's gonna be about. But it was just a bit. It was just a bit weird. It was a bit like out of left field for what I would have thought Arc Two would be. <laughs> yeah. Pending The Rock and Jason Statham yeah. DLC. <laughs> yeah. But we got John Cena. He's gonna be there at some point. Um, hey. <laughs> so um, some other little things. Uh, there was a. I think there was a gameplay trailer for Warhammer 40k Darktide. Uh, so I have to say I was a bit surprised by the Warhammer game because I was expecting it to be like some sort of top-down strategy game. I wasn't expecting it to be like a first-person shooter. I can't say I've really looked at many previous Warhammer games. I don't know if they're normally first-person shooters. They may, may well be. I actually quite look, like the look of this one. Hmm. Yeah, I've never played a Warhammer game, but I always thought they'd be a bit like Command & Conquer style. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the kind of thing I was thinking. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I've got a little bit of history of Warhammer. So, like the the Dawn of War series is your typical kind of isometrical, you know, um, strategy game. Um, they they were good until they got to Dawn of War two, and then no, got worse from then on. Um, but like like a couple of podcasts ago, I was playing um, was it Warhammer? Oh, was it Vermintide two? Sorry, there we go. Mm-hmm. Came to my head, um, and that's like a first person. Very Left 4 Dead-esque, actually. Like, you kind of got hordes of, of monsters you have to fight off, and you, you got to get to the, like, the end of the map and do like a, some objectives, and that's that's actually quite good fun. I quite like that with the different classes that they've got. Um, so if this is like Warhammer 40K's version of Vermintide, I'll, I'll be happy with it, So I actually prefer the 40K universe. I don't really know much of the original Warhammer. Not that much about the 4K, but other than there's, there's space marines and there's elves and uh, there's chaos marines and orcs. That's about it. <laughs> but no, yeah, it looked it looked good fun. It looked like well, it looked like Warhammer version 4K version of Left 4 Dead, which is always a good time. So yeah, that looked interesting. There's a couple of other games. There's one called Open Roads, um, which I've coming coming away from the Game Awards and kind of hearing. What was the big thing that came out of it? The, this was like one of the things that people were actually looking forward to see more of. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see 
This and another indie game that's called Season, I didn't get to see much of. So I don't know what's what they're about. But uh, they got a lot of um, hype so, coming from them. So basically, the, the video for the open roads was a mother mm. and daughter sat in a car. And apparently, it was something to do with their grandmother. Was The, the, the daughter was saying, oh, it was like a monologue. Basically, mm. saying that how much she loved her grandma, etc. Mm. But it turns out she was keeping a secret. And they were on a journey to, together to discover whatever this grandma secret was. It was very oh. ambiguous. It did tell you a lot. Yeah. But I can't remember much of that season, though. No, um, again, it's. I, I wish it. I wish I'd watched everything. There was only so much um, I got to watch before recording this. So, um, but I'll make sure to to look at once uh, once finished. Um, some other stuff that was looking uh, from from the makers of um, A Way Out. They're making a new game. It's called It takes two. It takes two. And yeah. it's got a spider in, and I'm not going to play. <laughs> Joseph Ferris is brilliant. You, you two played away, huh? No. Yeah, no. You've got to play it. Together, you two have got to play it. Right. Well, we'll stream okay, it. So... You two play it and I'll watch. Because yeah. <laughs> I've, 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 played, I've played it through twice. Remember. It's really good. Mm. Was it a way out? So basically, it's an exclusive co-op game. You have to play it co-op. Yeah, you have to play it co-op. Yeah. You can't play it single player at all. If... I, I've heard maybe this. I heard about this for the Xbox version, but I, I don't know if this is the same for all the other versions. But if one person had it, yeah. can they invite someone else that doesn't have it into it? Correct. Yeah. So if you buy one, so if one person buys the game, yeah. you can offer a version to someone else for free. They don't have to buy the copy. Oh. So you give, right. you, you give them a uh, I think you give them a code or something. I can't quite remember. Yeah. And then they have to download it. But then that's it. It's, it's there. They can't play it with anyone else from their version. Ah, oh, right. But that makes sense. They can't be the host, so to speak. Yeah. But whoever's got the game can play with them. So yeah. Okay. And they're doing the same with this with It Takes Two. Oh, that's so good. That's, that's that's you know that's very user friendly. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way of getting around the fact that you need to have two players for this game. That you do get a key to give to somebody else. So I think that's a really nice touch that they've done. Yeah. So maybe we can have a look at that in a bit, Matt, and um, we can go twos on it. Give that yeah. a go. I think the, the, the big news, though, the big news, of course, the massive news, is the Swedish chef is coming to Overcooked All You Can Eat. Really? News. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> Disco Elysium, the final cut, um, nice. is going to be making its way to Nintendo Switch. I've been intrigued by that game. It doesn't mm. quite... Interesting. Interesting. There's that word again. <laughs> My favourite word. Uh, so I think there was that. Um, Capcom did announce a Ghosts and Goblins remake for the Nintendo oh. Switch as well. well which is so. You say announced. Well, that's. Oh, yeah. I was just saying that that mm-hmm. did confirm at least one of the leaks that came out, which is, I suppose, unfortunate. But hey, yeah, it's kind of shame. It's kind of shame from like from now on for the next four years. They're not really going to. Yeah, yeah, we know. Surprises or something. Yeah, there's going to be no surprise from Capcom. I think other than that, I got three, three or four things. Um, the so early, I think early in the week, uh, Kratos was announced that he was going to be in Fortnite. Oh as no! Part of the new season. What have they done to my boy? Part of this new season that's based on mercenaries, because like the big thing from the 
the reveal of this new season was that the Mandalorian was also in it with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And not to be kind of outdone by Sony, maybe, it was announced at the Game Awards that the Master Chief will yeah. also be dropping into Fortnite. So now we can have Master Chief and Kratos flossing their way through Fortnite. Um, <laughs> I don't know what people think about it. I mean, I mean they had they had massive success with the last season. There was like a whole like Marvel themed season. So you had like yeah. you know, the X Men. Um, yeah, like Doctor Doc Doom, Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom, Wolverine, uh, Wolverine, Venom, uh, uh, Thor, Thor. Um, yep. Yeah, a few of them. Yeah, it was good. Quite a few of them. So it seems like this one's based on mercenaries. So, um, I mean, if Kratos and Master Chief can appear, I don't know why Samus can't be there. But that'll be down between Epic and Nintendo discussing that. Other things, I think Among Us showed off their new airship yeah, map, uh, which looks fun, actually. Uh, I think it might have to get on PC, maybe. Fall Guys as well showed off some season three content. It's got a winter theme, uh, so that's like they've got like. That was a nice trailer. Well. Oh, yeah, it was actually. That's like there's a lot more variety in this season than they had in last season because they've got like um, they've got like flippers that flip you about and like boxing gloves that come out of the wall and punch you back all the time. Um, mm. That was kind of fun. I don't know if there was anything else other than for me uh, personally. The, the biggest thing that came out of the Game Awards, <laughs> which was probably like one of the first things they announced, was Smash Brothers Ultimate. They revealed who the new fighter was. Oh, it was Sephiroth uh, from Final cool. Fantasy VII. Uh, it was the biggest news for me, and I think I turned off the Game Awards afterwards. So. Uh, that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I've got what I came for. That's what I came for. Um, I know Steve broke the internet, but I think for at least Final Fantasy fans, it's probably like broke them as well. Because it's like, there was, there was rumours, uh, not rumours, there was news about when they were doing Smash Brothers Ultimate that they wanted to bring everyone back, but they were having some difficulties with um, Square Enix about trying to get Cloud to come back to Smash Brothers. So for them to even allow like another character from Final Fantasy to come in. Lalon, probably like the biggest antagonist of the city, uh, of the series was like massive news for me. So I was happy. <laughs> oh good, I'm glad you're happy. Yay. So shall we move on to what we're playing? Corilla. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Why not? Uh, go on, nice. Kick us off. Yeah, sure. Um, what have you brought? What have you brought? This. Nothing. <laughs> Anyway, um, I was feeling a bit nostalgic um, a couple of weeks ago uh, for my old Xbox days on the 360. And I thought, oh, what game did I really like? And then it got me thinking, um, because of the Hot Pursuit uh, remaster that they did, uh, it got me thinking about the Burnout Paradise one. Because I used to really love that game, just racing through Paradise City, um, smashing other people's cars up. just really loved it. Um, so that's it. Matt knows. <laughs> Matt knows. Banging tune. Yep. Um, so yeah, I ended up buying that. Um, played it for a few hours. The minute I've got a a C class license, so I'm fair, 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 fair way in. Um, oh, 
Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, um, the races are pretty fairly different because there's not like a particular track. You just race through Paradise City to get to a certain bit, uh, and you can go wherever you want. There's like loads of shortcuts and things. Mm. Um, your opponents can like ram you off the road and destroy your car. Um, there's loads of different um, different kind of race types. So there's ones where you've got to race to a single point without getting destroyed um, by these mm. big heavy cars. Um, there's general races there's um like stunt things where you've got to like rack up certain points by like driving on the wrong side of the road doing jumps um and mm. stuff like that that's fun um, but yeah it's just a generally really fun game one thing that um, confused me though is like i started playing it and i was like did the graphics not always just look like this because I've not got the old one to compare it to, so it just looked the same to me. I don't know whether it's because I was looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, and I thought it just mm. looked amazing at the time. But, yeah, the the, the remaster is just great. Yeah. Took me back to the Paradise mm. City. It's good. I've never played that, but I've heard great things about it. Mm. It's a lot of fun. I've heard. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoy I'd, it. Yeah, I'd say play it. If you, if you like, like an arcade-style racer, Mm-hmm. Um, where you can just destroy things, run people off the road. There's tons of cars you can get. So periodically, as you get through the game, um, certain cars will be unlocked, and you've got to actively go and find those cars in Paradise City and destroy them, and then they become part of your inventory. So you can select that car from like mm-hmm. the car lots. Um, you destroy them to then claim. Them. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> just such That's a burnout thing to do. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a really fun arcade um, racer. Um, I mean, it was only about twelve quid from CEX, so yeah, pick it I up. I always I always didn't like the um, the build board challenges that you got to do because oh like, yeah, where you got to jump and smash through them. Yeah, I think that there's some like I think about two hundred build boards, but there's yeah. some in some like ridiculous places that like you have to be like full speed and like dodge yeah. traffic and do all sorts just to get to this. I think that's where completing so many races comes in because then you unlock the best cars and you can go a bit faster, mm. um, unlock more um, like boost and all that kind of stuff. So I think you do have to, for some of them that are like, you'll you'll have a jump that's about maybe 200 metres away from where the billboard is. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And it's like you think, I'll never be able to do that. But, but there's some of them where you can come from a different angle and a different side. That's which it, yeah. Easy. Like yeah, so like the whole city's got like a lot of shortcuts. Um, it's four shortcuts well. to find, and there's those as well. Yeah, so the shortcuts have got like gates that you have to crash into, and they count to like a to a collection as well. I think my one big nitpick on the game was that it didn't it didn't tell you kind of like the locations of like which billboards you've still got to smash or which like shortcut gates you need to smash into as well. It was quite annoying that like there's probably one and shortcut that's like so secret you have to do certain mm. things to get to it. It's just like well, it's part of the fun. You can't hand everything on a plate here. It's all about the exploration and finding everything. Yeah, yeah, because I can tell Ubisoft didn't make this game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's um, I've been playing that. Um, I've also started playing Among Us on mobile. Um, I was just hearing tons about it. Um, my wife's been playing it quite a lot, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll download it and give it a go, see what it's all about. Mm. Um, basically, if you've not played it before, you, you're part of a crew with a ship, um, and there's a couple of, like, imposters that have to go around 
And um, if you get chosen to be the imposter, um, you get certain skills. So like you can crawl through the vents to get to people a bit quicker. Um, you can look at CCTV to try and find where people are to isolate them. And it's basically your job to not get caught as the imposter and to kill everybody on the ship. Um, so when I first got into it, I was the imposter. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting caught fairly quickly. I killed a couple of people. And then um, this absolute snitch went on the message board and said, oh, you just killed my sister. Like, all right, Borat, calm down. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, got, I, ended up, I ended up getting caught and ejected from the ship. So if you get caught, you get ejected and then they carry on. And there's different ships and maps that you can go around. Um, while you go around the ship, there's certain tasks that you can do, you know, to, to try and prove that you're not trying to sabotage the ship and that you're not an imposter. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a fun little game. Like games take well from a couple of minutes to I think the longest one I've played is maybe seven or eight minutes long. Yeah, it's a good it's a good game. Yeah. Um, the only other game that I've been playing apart from that is um, FIFA 21. Um, so I've just of been course. continuing playing that. Yeah. Um, I've got Sheffield Wednesday into the best, Premier League. Best sports game. Yeah, that's it. Best sports game. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we're ticking over quite nicely, so, so that's going well. Um, I bought some other games. I'll just show a couple off. Um, so due to the Xbox um, top of the pod that we did, it got me thinking about all the exclusives that I'd not played yet on the um, Xbox One. So I ended up getting Ori and the Will of the Wisps, because um, that's nice. one of the better exclusive games. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't... Before I saw the trailer for it um, on the Switch on one of the mini directs, I didn't know it was actually a, a thing. I just thought it was coming out for the Switch and that was it. I didn't. I'd never heard of it before, uh, weirdly enough. But yeah, I've decided to buy it. I've not cracked into it just yet. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that at some point. Um, also, just in regards to the PlayStation top of the pod that we did, um, it got me thinking about the PlayStation exclusive. So. I, I bought the Order 1886. Um, I've played it before, um, mm. but I really enjoyed it and I wanted to play it again, so got that now. So I've got to get that installed and play that. Um, and then part of that, I got a couple of PS Vita games. So I've got the Dear God and um, Riddled Corpses EX. Yeah, Dear God sounds familiar actually. Yeah, I think it might have come out on PS Plus um, a couple of years ago at some point. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, I've not cracked into those just yet. Um, so, but yeah, I always try and look for PS Vita games when they're like discounted because I like my Vita. And um, yeah, a couple of new games for me to play. What about you, Mark? Oh, I've not really played all that much, to be honest. I mean, we spoke about one particular thing that's, that I played earlier, but mm-hmm. I've said, said it up about that. Uh, the other thing I played is I just finished off Mafia 3 which oh, nice. took a long time to do so that's probably why I just ended up eating all my time because um, last time we spoke I'd only played a few hours of it and I did say I was enjoying it and having completed it now it's alright I, I liked the overarching story in it I thought that was quite good but the mm. it does get repetitive in terms of its gaming, gaming loop so like because basically what you're trying to do is take over the city Area by area, yeah. Oh, so yeah. He ends up hiring the, so he ends up hiring these three underbosses, and in each area, there's like two rackets. So it might be one might be drugs, 
the other one might be selling weapons. So basically, all, all you're really doing is going to each racket, trying to take, and then you assign them to one of your underbosses. And then once you've got that area, you assign that whole area to an underboss. And yeah. if you end up, but there's one intriguing thing is that if you end up giving control of these areas to like one person, for example, and you start not giving anything to the other two people, it can lead to betrayal by your underbosses. Mm. And okay. Having to kill one or not. But I, I just give them an equal share. So, because I, I knew this was a thing going into it. But yeah, it's it was fine. It's good. One little thing I did really like is that I'm surprised I've not seen this is the um, the way direction the direction around. So you know in these open world games, usually when in these driver ones, you've got a mini map and it'll have the line on telling you where to go. Yeah. yeah. When you put a marker on. And then in the actual game, it might have like arrows along the floor. Yeah, yeah. A line telling you where you're going to come. But on this, actually, it puts up like little road signs next to the road. Ah, right. So you just tells little, you where to turn. Like black... Yeah, so it looks like a little black road sign. Go on, Matt. Oh, me. Um, I've not really played that much either, kind of since the last pod. I've 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 been exclusively actually playing on my uh, on my Switch. Um, pretty much all the last two weeks. So I don't know what made me decide to kind of go back to this thing. I just had a random thought about it. It was like, oh, I should probably try and complete that. But I went back to The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Mm. Um, so the remake for it that came out, well, was it last year? I think it was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I feel like years are starting to blend together. <laughs> In my mind, I'm just yeah. like, I'm like, I'm the... Uh, Robin Williams meme of like, what year is it? Uh, <laughs> at the moment. So um, I, I thought I'd go back to this because I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to complete it because I played the original on my Game Boy. Um, I remember really liking it that, even at that stage. Um, and the remake's just um, such a wonderfully artistic game and like how they've managed to like, make their own kind of art style of like almost kind of like clay door in a way um it's a really bright poppy color game um to play and stuff so i remember uh, initially i got stuck because there's a point where you get like a shield and then you got to try and get your sword but the sword's on the beach but to get there there's like these spiked enemies that i didn't know how to get past and I tried, or I thought I tried everything to try and get past them, I just couldn't think of what to do. Um, and then randomly I was like, what, what if I just get my shield out and just, like, I don't know, try and push them? And funnily enough, it worked. And I was like, why didn't I think of that when I was, <laughs> when I was first playing this? Um, so I got my sword, and then I managed to go pretty much through the entire game. I, I managed to complete it. I, I, still, I still love it to this day. I think it's, uh, it's, it's one of the better... Zelda games, especially like story-wise, because it's it's very unique in that there's no like princess to save or the world's in danger. It's just kind of you've ended up on this island from a um, from a tidal wave and you need to kind of get back off the island. So um, it's a nice, nice little story. Gameplay is really good. Um, it's just classic Zelda. Just you know, a lot a lot of it's kind of a very old school kind of. Uh, way of thinking of how to do uh, how to like solve puzzles and stuff really so um it reminds me just kind of how hard those games were back in the day and how 
I don't think easy games seem to be now, but they're a little bit more hand-hold style of like, oh, this puzzle, we need this. Oh, okay, that's all I need, and rather than just trying to figure it out and stuff. The only other game that I've been playing these last few weeks, which I regrettably wish I'd played before the Game Awards, because I had it before the Game Awards and didn't touch it until after, <laughs> was Hades. It is a really solid game, actually. I'll give it that. It's uh, the con- like so. It's uh, if if you've not seen it or heard about it, it's it's very much kind of a in the same vein as a rogue light style game. So you know your your Dark Souls, your uh, Dead Cell. I think there's 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 some other like indie games that were big based on this style of um, you know you go through the game, you know you're gonna die. Uh, but it's that kind of learning process of every time you die, you're like, okay, so I did this thing wrong, actually I should be doing this, or maybe I should have this weapon or this, you know, combination of powers to, to defeat this thing. And um, no, it's it's really good in making you learn that uh, that kind of style of like, if you die, it's, it's because you made the mistake and it's not because the game's ridiculously difficult. Um, unlike Dark Souls <laughs> you'll be the joke um, I can pretty much say at least the seven times I've died so far I'm pretty sure it's because either I've made the mistake or I've not learned like the, the enemy's style of play yet so but I'm, I'm really enjoying it you know graphically it's, it's, it's a really stylish game like you know quite um, cell shaded not quite anime, but like in a in a similar vein to it, and the the characters in it are, are really funny. Like you play as um, oh, I've already forgotten his name. <laughs> well, you play as like the son of Hades, and like your essentially your goal through the game is to escape the underworld. Um, it's not made kind of clear initially why you want to do that, um, but like Hades is just kind of like a bit of a mean father really he just he don't want you to go anywhere uh he wants you to stay in your room why should you leave you in the world there's nothing out there um but then like yeah it's kratos all over again um but you've got like the the olympic uh, olympic uh, olympia gods as well trying to like help you out so they'll give you like power-ups that can like either power like give you different effects for your normal attack your special one you dash in, um, you've got to cast, you kind of cast like a bloodstone at, at monsters or enemies, which then like, depending on certain effects, can help uh, weaken them or strengthen you against them sort of thing. And yeah, like, I'm just starting to like, figure out piece by piece the story, because like every time you die, you can then talk to kind of certain characters again, and you learn a little bit more about like, what what's their kind of motive for me wanting to leave the underworld or why do they not want me to leave the underworld or um or you can you can pet um cerberus which is always nice um <laughs> but yeah so, so far i'm i'm really enjoying it and um i just want to get back into it really um as soon as i can it's uh, it's a good game i can see why why i was touted for uh, game of the year for this year so well should we head on to the video game hall of fame then yeah, let's do it. Sure. So this is where we take an in-depth look at a game of high quality or historical importance and go into our pantheon of games we feel deserve special recognition. 
Uh, Inductee, this episode, was released in the arcades in 1980, developed and published by Namco. It's Pac-Man. Hey, there he is. What could be said about Pac-Man? Just fun, isn't it? Yeah, just a lot of fun. It's a classic, let's, let's admit it. Stone Cold Classic game. It's pretty much a landmark, really, I'd have to say. Mm, yeah, I think especially for the arcade scene around that time, yeah. I think uh, it really blew up the arcades. Just a fun, simple game that's got, you know, an addictive... Uh, it's probably the wrong word, but... <laughs> so, for those youngsters who might know what Pac-Man is, basically it's just a puzzle-like maze game where you play the titular Pac-Man and he has to go around a maze trying to collect dots. That's basically it, really, isn't it? And Pretty much, you yeah. Dot, you yeah. collect all the dots, you move on. And all whilst all that's happening, you've been chased by four ghosts. Do you know the names of the ghosts? Yes. Oh, Inky, oh, really? Blinky, Pinky and Clyde. And then they had the power pellets, didn't they? So you yeah. pick up the power, power pellets and then you became the you became the hunter. Yeah, the hunter yeah. becomes well the yeah. The hunter <laughs> becomes the hunted in terms of the ghosts. Yeah. That was always that was a bit hard one. <laughs> So it was designed by a guy called Toru Iwatani, and his idea is that he wanted at games at that time he thought were too violent, and he thought they discouraged women from playing it. So he wanted it to game to make for everyone. Then mm-hmm. there's the myth about where the design of Pac-Man came from. The, mm. the myth being that they went to a pizza parlor. Yeah. One of them, the team took us. One of the members of the team took a slice of pizza, and there you go. There's your design for Pac-Man. But whether that's true or not. Who knows? But it's a nice, it's a nice <laughs> story, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's probably. It. I'd say my my, my favourite fact about Pac-Man, I'd say, is the um, that was originally going to be called Puckman. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, but then they changed it to Pac-Man because they were worried that in America they were going to change the P to an F. <laughs> so no, no, I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I could. I'll see just that. leave that yeah. there. <laughs> I'll, I could see that. It would, it would have happened, though. It would have happened. Oh, no, it would Oh, have. yeah, definitely. If not in the US, definitely in the UK. <laughs> mm. do, you, do you remember the first time you ever played Pac-Man? Um, I can remember the first time I ever played what I thought was Pac-Man. So, oh, okay. So, you thought it was Pac-Man? Um, one of these knockoffs? Like, no, yeah. it, it wasn't knockoff. <laughs> it, it was Pac-Man, but it was the worst version of Pac-Man. Um, yeah. So the first time I played Pac-Man uh, was probably in the late 90s um, my mum and dad decided to get the atari 2600 out of the loft um, along with a load of games and they had pac-man in there this one um Yay. and um yes yeah, so i, it's I played it it's it's terrible it's not <laughs> the flashing screen the dots that you collect are actually squares it's not it's just not pac-man not as not as it should be. I think you'd be um, very harsh on that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I've, seen, I've seen much worse versions. Ones <laughs> where it's um, actually lines that you played, not Yeah, not lines. Um, it was more the flashing of the screen that did it for me um, because it couldn't really cope with the... Um, screen. Or the I, movement. I never, noticed, I never noticed flashing of the screen. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, um, that that's just... My interpretation of it, but yeah, the first the first version of Pac-Man that I played was the 2600 version. The first time I played Pac-Man properly um, was on a tabletop arcade in Blackpool. 
Um, and that's the Classic. first time I played the arcade version of Pac-Man, and it was a two-player version. So, um, yeah, that was oh, that was yeah. interesting. Um, basically, the two-player version is where you basically take it in turns. So you would yeah, yeah. have your go at trying to get through and collect all the pellets um, without getting caught by the ghosts, and then the other person would um, do the same. Um, as you go through, you can potentially collect fruit as well that gives you more points. So you're basically trying to get a higher score than the person that you're against. Yeah. Um, and whoever wins gets bragging rights. This was in 2016, but do you know how much revenue Pac-Man's generated? I'm not going to guess because I was massively wrong it's on Sonic. It's a lot. So. 14 billion. Mm. 14 billion. Revenue. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a lot of dough for a white and not white, a yellow dish. Yellow. <laughs> I can't believe the most basic possible thing about Pac that you should know. Yeah, he is yellow. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know how many levels man, there were? The uh, white version. Do you how, know how many? many levels there were in Pac-Man? I don't. I wanted. No, no, 12? I never made it past the twelve second. levels. Twelve. Oh, you are so wrong. Oh. Twelve. I'll I'll guess forty-eight. You're not even close. Go on. 256. 256? Wow. Mm. Well, actually, for each bite. Now, it, could, it, it, it should have gone on further than that, but actually due to computer algorithm issues, yeah. the game couldn't handle going beyond that point. So that it actually just... Sounds about right. It like, kind of like crashed the game's memory, so you mm. couldn't actually go beyond that. <laughs> but there was a guy called Billy Mitchell who actually did the perfect game. And played all 256, le- 256 levels. Mm. Do you know oh, how long it took him? Go on. Six hours. Six hours? I would have guessed eight hours. Mm. I saw an interview and it was just like, it was, I was just saying, it wasn't very humble. So I said, oh, six hours, nothing. I could have done 12. I'm just <laughs> like, okay. But then um, so, so he, was, he was asked, like, what if you need to get to the toilet or anything like that? And basically he said, oh, there's. You know, you need to know like an in-depth knowledge of like the map and that kind of thing. Apparently, there's places where you could put Pac-Man and he wouldn't be caught by the game. So you can just put him yeah, parking uh, there for about 20 really? minutes, man, and he's caught the toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that over the years that might have been patched and changed and all of that, but mm. in the version he did. Well, no, the original sure. arcade yeah. version. <laughs> I think that get patched. When did you first play Pac-Man? That. I know it'd be a long time ago. I'm pretty sure it'd be in the arcades. It'd be like, I'd probably say maybe maybe around the same time as Nathan, maybe sort of late late nineties, something like that. I'd say. I'm sure I'd, I'd have come across it in like my trips to like Bridlington or Skegness. I'd have come across Pac-Man having a game or two. I just I just remember that it was absolutely difficult for me. I don't know why. I just I, I could get to like the second level and just wouldn't get any further. <laughs> Yeah, I was well, not good at Pac-Man. I'm, I'm not very good at Pac-Man either. But no. I'm, not very, I'm not very good at many games. So That's true. Um... <laughs> you um... have to wholeheartedly agree. I mean, you are right. <laughs> Look, I know the truth hurts. Um, I'm not that good at Pac-Man either. <laughs> uh, it is is quite an addictive game, though. I, I do love the... I don't know, the sounds. The sounds are just really... Mm-hmm. Addictive, aren't they? Just the waka, 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 waka. Yeah. I just thought the deaf sound was actually kind of scary. I don't know why. They're like, bloop, bloop. <laughs> it's like, like drowned in a stuff. Stuff of nightmares. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, especially the animation. It looks like it's basically just gone. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, that's it. It's yeah, just like, it was just like turning like himself inside out. Yeah. yeah. Bit scary. Uh, <laughs> it was satisfying, though, once, once like, you got, like, the uh, the power, the power dot. Be able to eat the eat the ghosts like as revenge. <laughs> yeah, this is what you get for chasing me around. Yeah. Um, did you know that each individual ghost had a different like algorithm? So some were more attacking mm. and some were defensive minded. So they wouldn't all just come at you at once. I heard about this, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so one of them chased you, didn't they? The other two, I think they tried to corner you, didn't they? Or something like that. Yeah. I thought that was uh, quite Yeah. It, it was said at some point like all four do kind of like come after you and do get a bit aggressive, but one some all like try and block the exit path from where you're going and try and like work out where is you're going to be going it's like oh god yeah. nightmare mm. um i don't know if you both know but um pac-man was the best-selling game of all time on the atari 2600 do you know how many it sold estimated estimated just on the 2600 yeah just on the 2600 not like globally for all platforms um i'll throw a guess about two million maybe I'll go one and a half. One and a half. It was actually seven million. Oh. Yeah. So oh, very, <laughs> very popular. Fair play. Fair play. Fair play. Do you know the story behind Miss Pac-Man? No. No. Other than it's got a bow on her head. <laughs> so Miss Pac-Man actually wasn't from Nanko. They'd actually design it. Was it not? So, no. So Midway in America, because they had publishing rights in America. They mm. were looking for a sequel to Pac-Man. Pac-Man, yeah. And what ended up happening is it was like a bunch of university students designed this add-on for Pac-Man. And then mm. they just gave it, to, they just licensed it to Midway to then put it in their arcades. So it was just like, a, it was basically like an expansion. And it turned into its own thing. Huh. I don't know how they got away with that. <laughs> it big out, I think they but. must have changed enough about it. Because I think they end up rewriting the game and they have their own boards that they put into the arcades. So it's not yeah, as if they... Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah they rewrote it all from scratch. And if a certain amount of the code is different, then you can get around it that way. Yeah, I, I played Miss um, Pac-Man on the 360. And it is a little bit more difficult than the original Pac-Man, which it was supposed to be. Because hmm. a lot of people ended up completing Pac-Man quite frequently. And that's why they decided to make the more difficult Miss Pac-Man version. Um, to start um, taking people's um, Bloody. quarters away from them and <laughs> well, 20p's. They, 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 they sort of blamed Pac-Man for the demise of the arcades, didn't they? Because mm. they found people were getting better at it. Mm. So, yeah. so fewer coins were actually going into the machines and people were playing longer. So obviously the, the arcade itself isn't making as much money. Which in the mid 80s apparently looked like a lot of arcades closed. I mean, probably not exclusively based on that, on Pac-Man. I don't think we can blame it entirely on them. But I think <laughs> largely that was, that was a significant part. But uh, there was something like, because, because of the amount of, in Japan, the amount of money that was going into Pac-Man machines, they had to print, the minutes there, had to print like an extra 100 million yen coins. Oh, wow. Because so many were just going in the machines, they were just like running out. So they just had to print wow. coins, so yeah. Suppose for, for Pac-Man is like a, a a gaming mascot. Um, how relevant do we think Pac-Man is kind of nowadays compared to like the rest? It's not very popular, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they still bring out games for um, Pac-Man games even now. 
But there's, there's quite a lot of limitation with Pac-Man, isn't there? I remember on the PlayStation era, um, they made like uh, they made like Pac-Man World, where it was like it was like a platforming Pac-Man. It was kind of new. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Yeah. Don't know, don't know if it was quite as quite as good as other platformers back in back in that point. Uh, but like, how much can you? Well, I suppose you could do quite quite a bit with Pac-Man because I mean, he's even in like Smash Brothers. Like, I mean, the character unreal has, as has, has evolved a bit over the years. I mean, we've got to remember it's forty years old. I think when you think about gaming, True. Pac-Man is at the near the top of the list of things that you think about, like Pac-Man, Sonic the Hedgehog, Zelda. Like for me, when I think about gaming, Pac-Man is is definitely up there with the mascots and the games that you think about. No, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I think uh, definitely. I think, I think for a lot of people, gaming. yeah. I said, I don't like Pac-Man with legs. <laughs> <laughs> don't like that. I was going to game here, Smash the little Brothers. skinny things. <laughs> what size shoe do you reckon he is? He's got really long feet. Yeah, he's just massive arm. Yeah. He just looks really weird. Size 18. He <laughs> <laughs> does look weird with like feet and then arms as well. I think that's, I think that's where he came from with the Pac- Pac-Man world. Like That's how you play. It was just really kind of odd <laughs> there's this yellow circle running around with feet so there we have it that's Pac-Man it's the video game Hall of Fame so if you enjoyed listening to us please go and tune in next time please buy with me on Tuesdays you can visit our website at blogs and the Hall of Fame also feel free to follow us on all social media platforms uh, to continue the conversation you can find JokeDolphin on Facebook as well as on Instagram and Twitter at JokeDolphin and also on YouTube where we post this very podcast and top of the pod look out for that until next time thanks for listening goodbye bye take care